Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going swell, fellas. This is it. This is the end of the road for a lot of people, usually about half your league. This is week 14 we're entering. That's right, week 14, which is usually the start of the playoff season, but not anymore or going forward. Now that the NFL has added an extra week, week 14 will be the last week of the regular season. We've made it all the way through the regular season. Playoffs are going to start next week. This is where everybody goes all in. They're going for the ship. This is what we play for. And it's finally here. It's amazing how fast every single year these these seasons go by. But we are literally just a couple of weeks to dive in and talk rookies for about Oof. eight weeks and sprinkle in some Forever. other episodes there. Yeah, so it's an exciting time. You know what I mean? It's like this is – we literally spend an entire calendar year getting ready for this moment. You know, these next three weeks of the football season. Yep. And um, hopefully your league made that move. You know, and you made sure you put your season back and your playoffs aren't starting now. I know Garrett's in a league that uh, they messed that up. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They're Well, part of it's because they do like two-week playoffs. So to like get two weeks in for each one, they kind of had to start this week. But, but there's a, fortunately – There's a bye week this week. I know. There's byes. Know. That's crazy. I would it didn't affect me, so I'm not as ticked as I would be. But like otherwise, I'd – not be happy, but yeah, there's. I mean, we're we're missing Miami, which isn't a huge loss, but yeah, Jalen yeah, Waddle to uh, wide receiver one, Jalen Waddle, yeah, super flex leagues, Tua, yeah. Uh, Don't forget about Patriots. Mike Mike as well. I mean, Mike Asicki, yep. The Patriots. So you're missing those running backs. You might be starting Hunter Henry, Tom Matt Brady, Jones and Superflex. Uh, Tom Brady plays. Oh, not Tom Brady. Not, not Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> not Tom Brady. Uh, and then we have uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So we have Jalen Hurts. We have Devon Dallas Smith. Goddard off a monster game. Oh, huge game. And then the biggest blow, if you have Jonathan Taylor, you don't get him for this playoff game. And Michael Pittman. Yeah, these Michael are big-time players. Michael Pittman, Carson Wentz. Yeah. I would literally quit the league if I was in a playoff game and they started the playoffs and I had players on by. Especially yeah. a guy like Jonathan Taylor, <clears throat> who's my literally the king of my fantasy team. You know what I mean? Like He's right. a number one overall fan, dynasty player right now. And without him, like... <laughs> I don't know, man. To me, that's not that's unacceptable. You can't go into a playoff game at a disadvantage. Like right. no, like like I would literally say, okay, if I can't play Jonathan Taylor, you can't play your best um, player, your best running back. You know what I mean? Like it's only like where's where's my made up? You know where do I get made up here? Like this is just isn't fair. So hopefully nobody else uh, made that colossal mistake and they're playing this week. Good luck to all that made the playoffs. Good luck to all the Scott Fishbowl uh, participants. I ended up finishing 36 at the end of the year. I got the first round bye. I'm really excited. Nice. Uh, 18 Dynasty Nerds analysts made the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. So that's pretty nice from the Dynasty Nerds staff where a majority of those that played made the playoffs this year. Uh, I like my team. I hope I have a good shot to win it. You know, Obviously, if you win the Scott Fishbowl, you go, you go legend forever. It's just, oh, for there's sure. no way around it. And you know, the only analyst outs won, really, since the early days of, like, Mike Clay, we had Stompy, and Stompy wasn't even really an analyst when he won. Um, he didn't really, really get on the circuit until after he won, so it'd be nice to see an analyst this winner. It'd be even nicer to see Rich Dotson win this year. Yeah. Uh, so we've been yeah. going to rides. 
you know, this holiday season right around the corner, the playoffs start. And listen, as a, as this, as we all know, just because your season may be ended this week, there is no off season in dynasty fantasy football. It's literally 365. And this is where the real work comes in. So this time next year, you're not sitting out, right? You're playing in these playoffs. There's a lot of work to be done here, whether it be trades, whether it be, you know, analyzing your team as, as a whole to see where your holes are. And most importantly, drafting these rookies to put yourself in a good position to win, not only next year with guys like Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith. They're coming in this league right away. Najee Harris, Javante Williams, a big game last week. They can help you win right away. Yeah, did. But yeah. for the long haul, and there's no better resource out there right now than DynastyNerds.com to help you do all of that, right? We make sure we, you have the tools to help you dominate week in and week out. And we have so many more tools on the horizon are becoming actually this spring and summer to even expand on the Dynasty GM. So what we're doing right now for our podcast listeners only is we're offering all podcast listeners a special discount during this Dynasty holiday season. Sign up for any membership tier and use that promo code WINTER, WINTER, W-I-N-T-E-R, WINTER, to receive an extra 15% off. If you're out of the playoffs, start playing for the future by using our Dynasty GM tool to see where, you, where your team stacks up. Start getting ready for your rookie drafts with our Dynasty Nerds rookie film room. We cut up the film of all the top incoming rookies so you can watch the tool at top prospects in an efficient way. See each play that the player is on the field without any of the fluff in between each play. That means you can watch an entire game of a rookie in about five minutes. You want to see Traylon Burks versus you know whoever? then you can watch this entire game in five minutes to see what we see and how we kind of grade these players. Sign up now, use that promo code WINTER, and you get an extra 15% off of your membership level, any level that you want in DynastyNerds.com. That's for our podcast listeners only. So before we get into that today, I want to let you guys know about today's show before we get into this next uh, little advertisement here is last week we talked about like what how crazy it is. I went through those stats of what the first and second year players were doing and where they were fantasy wise from a scoring aspect at wide receiver. So we were talking about this week and we're like, you know what, what if you just had to draft the last three years over again, just those players? Well, what we found out is, cause we did, we drafted them uh, today is one, we did two rounds and wasn't nearly enough. There's no some players are going to be blown away that we didn't even get taken. And we realized with this youth movement that you could literally, if you'd have just had, if you would have owned the last three drafts, you could build a dynasty that would dominate for the next five years. Like it's your closest thing. If you ever blew it up the right time, it's your closest thing to building like an all-time dynasty. Yes, Matt, I know you've <laughs> accumulated a lot of those picks. It, you, I mean, it's all about following those right windows. So we're going to redraft those, you know, 2019, 2020, and 2021 players all over again. Uh, and we're going to give you a little bit of injury news. But before we get into that, let me tell you about my friends also over at Thrive Fantasy. Listen, as the season's coming to end, so is the time to have some good action on these games besides fantasy football. And right now, you can come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. You know, with Thrive, you can eliminate those countless hours of research and just focus on those top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game each week. You get to choose the 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. 
Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. And don't forget, you get a 100% instant first deposit up to $100 for new users. So download the Thrive Fantasy app on the App Store or Play Store or visit their website, thrivefantasy.com, and use that promo code NERDS for that instant matchup and see what else I can give you on top. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm still trying to work out the kinks here, but make sure you get the Thrive Fantasy, use that promo code NERDS, and get on the action. Now, before we get into this mock draft, we do have, you know, honestly, going through the playoffs, we've had a pretty good week when it comes to injuries. You know, Injuries. David, <laughs> I, had, I had to fill in for Jared. Jared's not even here. I know. I it still happened. I had to do David it. and Joku on the COVID list today. Uh, Keen Allen's on the COVID list. And then besides that, you know, Logan Thomas, we thought it tore his ACL. Came right. back, he didn't tear his ACL. He's going to get a second MRI, but he's still likely not going to miss significant time. So he's, he's probably going to miss. Your playoffs. Yeah, he's going to be healthy for your playoffs. Kenyon Drake broke your, his ankle, but if you're starting him in your playoffs, you didn't have a chance. Anyways, Corey Davis is having core muscle surgery. His season is over. Again, not a core player there for a fantasy football championship but team. But a core muscle. It is a core <laughs> muscle, though. You need that. Uh, Adam Thielen, his ankle, he is a core player there for the, your fantasy team. His ankle, he's week to week. Let's see if we can get out there this week. And then Daniel Jones, likely out with his neck. So Jake Fromm's probably going to play in there. And, oh, DeAndre Swift is also out with his shoulder injury, I believe. Is, it, um, is he going to miss one more week? Yeah, I think he's going to miss one more week here. So Yeah, they made it sound like that. Yeah, so honestly, like going into a bar, nobody gets hurt this week. Cross your fingers. I mean, this was a really good week, relatively. I mean, Week in, week out for 13 weeks, we lose a stud, you know. And this week, we finally made sure we just we ran. We ran out. I feel <laughs> there's none. There's, there's not many left. There's yeah. nobody else to get hurt, man. Well, yeah. I was nervous for a second. Joe Mixon was down, and he was like rolling on the ground, and I was like, "Oh no, not Joe Mixon now!" Yeah. And then he was in like four plays later, and I was like, "Oh." Elijah yeah. Elijah Mitchell got banged up. Uh, and then there was Bur- Burrow too. Um, he's like, he dislocated his pinky. Um, and he said he's playing. So. Yeah, so he's in. Yeah, also. it looked like his pinky went on a donut rampage. He got all fluffy and fat like Homer Simpson out there. I was like, whoa, <laughs> don't. And uh, it's okay. He's going to play yeah. through it. So relatively unscathed. Now, I think we should get into this mock draft, guys. Let's do it. Now, this mock draft, again, is different because we're just redrafting these young players. And it, already, as soon as we were done, I was, I was like, I want to change some of these guys. And <laughs> I want to say, I, I do want to say this before we start, before you go, oh, I can't believe you took player A over player B. You're an idiot. Like, honestly, from, not from one, and not from two, but from like, I don't know, seven on down, you're splitting hairs. You know what I mean? Like, it's it gets real close on there on some of these guys. And I had a hard time, but Garrett, you had the one, one. You're on the clock, and what's crazy is the one one and the one two in this startup draft are my one one and one two in my overall dynasty rankings. So yeah. it's a pretty nice start here. Um, four of the top three are my top three. Honestly, these guys are my pretty much my top four. Throwing Tyree Kill, my top five dynasty players. So Garrett, kick us off. You have the one one going all the way back to 2019. You can take any player that you like. I wonder. Who you're selecting? Well, I've uh, I've been a big fan of the player uh, going back a little ways, and this guy's just he's just in a tear of his own right now. And as much as I was tempted by taking a receiver because of the longevity on there, but the the hard part is there's nobody like Jonathan Taylor right now. Like he is just 
in a world by himself, even as much as I like, you know, Swift, who's my my dynasty RB2, they're on different tiers. They're on different levels right now. Uh, the stability that he has, the role that he has, I mean, just the offensive line, the weapons around, like everything is just set up for success for Jonathan Taylor. So as much as I was tempted to take a receiver, it just comes down to value. The difference between Jonathan Taylor and, you know, if this was a true mock draft where you only get one slot and I'm bumped down to the end of the second round, the wide receivers that I can get at the end of the second round versus the running backs that I can get at that point, it's night and day. So I thought the gap was just so much bigger with running back. I had to take Jonathan Taylor and I feel great about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there, without a doubt, he's my 1-1 one, one in Dynasty. <laughs> You're going back to his rookie. When we were breaking down these rookies, I went that huge rant about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, you know, I was wrong. It was a huge it was a huge miss by me. I know, Garrett, you were like, no, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. And I understand your point. And you were right. I was wrong because, I mean, look at it now. I would take DeAndre Swift. I would take probably J.K. Dobbins over Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So that was a massive whiff by me. And it kind of goes to show that I talk about it all the time, like, just stick with the tape, Rich. Like, stick with the tape. Because I had DeAndre Swift one. I had J.K. Dobbins two. Um, they were neck and neck. And I, I let the draft spot kind of, like, just fluff it up. And it was also – it wasn't that, too. It was also, like, you know, when we were watching Clyde Edwards' layer of tape, we kept saying, like, wow, he's – He's better than I thought he was. He's gonna be he's, sne- he's gonna be sneaky good, right? Yeah, and all of a sudden he lands on a cheap. It's like you get so excited because yeah. there's already a player we were kind of excited, kind of like Elijah Moore. You know what I mean? Like Elijah, Moore. we True. had those players every year. It's Cooper Cup and Terry McLaurin one year uh, that we had rising up our board. We had um, Elijah Moore last year that kept rising up our board. Michael Pittman the year before for me was rising up my board as well. So it kind of all came in one. But for me, I don't know about you, Matt. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is definitely my clear one one because, like Garrett said. Starting off, like, say I took Justin Jefferson one. What running backs are going to be there later? Like, I'd much rather have Jonathan Taylor and then pair him up with, like, DJ Moore and Terry McClurin. You know what I mean? Or DJ Moore and Michael Pittman Jr. Something along those lines. Like, I would much rather get Jonathan Taylor out of the way to have that elite tier one running back for the next four to five years and still get two really good receivers down the road compared to taking Jonathan Taylor and then wonder what my running back situation is going to look like. Uh, you know, for me, Jonathan Taylor is creeping up. He's just right below Justin Jefferson still because I, I just think totally the wider, yeah, the wide receiver position, um, it just lends itself to more longevity. So when I'm doing startup drafts, that's the kind of that's the kind of player I'm looking for. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson, a cornerstone person, a cornerstone player that'll be on your team for the next seven, eight years, as opposed to Jonathan Taylor, great player, love him. He might be on your team for three or four more years, and then you're you're moving on, or he's just not as effective, and he and he's moving down slots on your on your bench. You're not on your bench, but in your in your lineup, kind of. So, yeah, I, I think you're splitting here, sir. Honestly, uh, absolutely. for a startup, yeah. because um, I'm all about the receivers as well. And to me, it's just he's so good that I I just feel more in the receiver class. It got so young and so deep. I feel okay. And but Justin Jefferson, I mean, I had the one two here. And this let's put it on the table here. I took Justin yeah. Jefferson at two. Right. These are literally my one one and one two in Dynasty startup ranks. Um, I'd be more than happy with any of these guys here. And <laughs> same thing with Justin Jefferson. Like Matt, you said it, it he's he's consistent, he's dynamic, he's young, he's putting up numbers that Pretty much only Oba Odo Beckham Jr. put up early in his career. So he's putting up elite Hall of Fame early status numbers and listen 
we've seen this before. I mean, Odell Beckham was off to that start, and all of a sudden he got hurt, a couple injuries, and now, you know, he was a shell of himself, starting to slowly dig himself out there in L.A., but um, I'm with you, man. Like, the, the guys like him, they're going to be a wide receiver one for the next 10 years. I mean, sometimes that, that, that slips off your tongue. We talk about it all the time here in Dynasty. We're like, oh, he's only got about two to three more years left. Like, do you know how different your dynasty team is going to look in three years? Like, how many ships are going to win? Yeah. Like, ten. So when you say ten years, say seven to ten years, <clears throat> you could you could get pregnant, have a child, and he could be talk, talking to you about long division by the time this dude's ready to stop playing. You know that that's how long of a time that is. It it literally is a lifetime. Um, Okay, not literally a lifetime, but it's a very long. For time. my six year old daughter, it's a lifetime. So, yeah, you know, that's her lifetime. Thing. You know, if I tell my if I tell my nine year old to go back seven years, he ain't remembering that. You know, <laughs> so yeah. To me, I think Justin Jefferson. Obviously, Matt has him as his one one. Would you have taken Justin Jefferson too, Garrett? Yep, he would have probably been my next one in in this format. I still have Tyreek slightly ahead of him. Um, so Justin Jefferson's my one, two at wide receiver, but in, in just these guys, he would have definitely been the next one. So, but it's just so hard to separate these wide receivers that that's why I was glad I was at one because I would have had a very hard time separating them. So that made it a little easier on me. Yeah. Right. When it comes to the situation like that, cause I, I'm with you, like Tyree kills a hard person not to put it wide receiver one paired up with Pat Mahomes. But whenever I'm like, I have two players in, in, in each hand, I'm kind of weighing them out as a Libra on the scales here. I, I, if I need a tiebreaker, I'm just going with age. So sure. to me, I'm going to take those four years and just walk with them. You know, yeah. and like I said, four years is a long time in Dynasty. You know, like it's a long time. So I, Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver. I think he's my wide receiver too. Um, and then Chase. But I have him, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb. I have those guys all right there and honestly it's one of those situations again when you're splitting hairs there's no wrong answer you know what i mean it's just yeah who do you who do you like you know like matt's a justin jefferson guy um i got no problem with that like i'd be happy with any of those guys you give me jamar chase cd lamb justin jefferson tyree kill like i'm i'm feeling really good about it it's just in a startup like anytime if i get if i can get those extra four years and get within a two point per game uh equivalent player I feel True. really good about that. And then try to hammer home some of those older players down the road. So I did Justin Jefferson. Matt was on the clock at 1-3. Who'd you go with, Matt? Well, at 1-3, I went for the aforementioned C.D. Lamb. So, yeah, hey. I mean, like you guys were talking about, Tyreek Hill is ahead of him in my rankings after Justin Jefferson. But, you know, any of these guys, like you were saying, Rich, they're all great picks. But C.D. Lamb, I think, just too good to pass up at this point. Um you know, obviously he's having a little bit of a down year this year, missed some time with injuries, but he's still averaging over 16 points a game, 16 and a half points a game. Um, and he's just a game changer. He's going to be one of these guys that's a wide receiver one for, <laughs> or, or, or at least, you know, fighting to be a, a wide receiver one for the most part for the next 10 years. Just same, same ballpark as Justin Jefferson, like you said, also Jamar, Jamar Chase. So all these guys that are young, stud, cornerstone type of guys for their franchise – also make great cornerstone guys for your um, your dynasty team. So um, I'm guessing none of you guys have issue right now with, with C.D. Lamb at three, right? No, not really. I mean, it's either him or Jamar Chase. Honestly, it's just kind of splint hairs with me. I might it, it, it. 
Again, there's no wrong answer. Both those guys are young. Both of them are dynamic. Both of them have other weapons on the team that are also very good, but they still they still produce at a really really high level. So yeah, I think I think CD offers a more dynamic athletic profile than Jamar Chase. I agree. He's better with the ball in his hand. He can do more. I think after um, just in kind of open space than Jamar Chase. But Jamar Chase can probably get over the top of the defenses and get deep a little bit a little bit better than CD Lamb. So they're just a, a you know a little bit different wide receivers, but um, both dynamic and and both huge for your fantasy teams. No wrong answers here, Garrett. You're on the clock at one four. Where are you going? Man, I had a really I had a really hard time at one four because. It came down to three players for me. It came down to Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, and Debo Samuel. Uh, I really like all three of those guys. I think all of them are are obviously very young. All of them are very talented players. Uh, None of them, you know, are in the perfect, perfect situation, but they're all in good situations. Obviously, Cincinnati's amazing, but you guys mentioned it. There are other pieces around, so he's not the only show in town. A.J. Brown, he's had been a little banged up, been a little injured, but we've seen two years before this year where he's been a monster, and even when he was healthy this year, he played super well. Debo Samuel, it's not a high-volume offense, but when he gets the ball in his hands, he makes things happen, but he also has a little bit of injuries uh, issues. So I, I think the injuries were what put me over the top, and that's why I ended up going with Jamar Chase and taking him there. Now, I've not necessarily been like the biggest, like, oh, I love Jamar Chase. I think he's amazing, but he's he's such a good wide receiver. We've seen a little bit of a downturn, seen a little downtick over the second half of the season. But that's what we expected. We expected that to happen. He's had some drops. He had a play this week where he probably would have had a 60, 70-yard touchdown, but he, he bobbled it, and then it got picked off. And, you know, it just kind of made for a weird game for him. So I don't think either one of those polar ends are, are true. I think he's, you know, probably somewhere in the middle, which is – a top five dynasty wide receiver and 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 he's crazy young and he's gonna be doing it for a long time in Cincinnati so it was it was a tough choice for me but I I think the the injuries were what ended up putting Chase over the top for me yeah I just picked this where I went to but and you're right so and you're saying like you know the second half of the season had kind of a downtake we kind of expected it but at the same time, we're seeing other receivers out there in the same draft class that are having an uptick second half, second right. half of the season. Elijah Moore is really starting to dominate the fantasy football <clears throat> landscape, NFL landscape. Jalen Waddell has been doing it pretty much since week one. So as Jamar Chase takes a small step back, other receivers are taking a big step forward. And Waddell and Moore and even guys they said – where Chase was probably mid-range, I moved him all up to my 1-1 because if he's going to do this week in, week out by midseason, he's the 1-1 easily. Now that he has not done that, he has taken a step back, like I've also taken a small step back because you're realizing this isn't this isn't the second coming of Randy Moss. He's just a really good elite player. Yeah, um, from, from, he, from the week eight to now, so five games for him. That was six for some others, but five games for him. He is only averaging 10.4 PPR points per game where as the first half of the year I mean he was I don't remember what the exact number was but he was averaging somewhere around like 20 something points a game he was just feasting every single week so it's it's definitely been disappointing but I think he's a much better player than he's shown these past five or six weeks yeah I agree there too yeah I mean I definitely agree I think I think he came on so hot 
um, at the beginning of the season that it's given the defenses time to kind of adjust to him, where <laughs> these other players kind of had a, a little bit more of a slow burn, and now they're kind of hitting their stride later on in the season. So we'll see. I mean, defenses will always eventually catch up to these guys, and then then it's on them to make the adjustments. To adjust again, you know? yep. So um, we'll, we'll see. You know, Hopefully what you want to see out of a, a guy like Jamar Chase is – now that he had the hot start and he's kind of cooled off a little bit, you want to see him kind of heat up again towards the end of the season. And that'll show that he's he's learning how to kind of he's, – he's playing the professional game at that point. You know what, he, he's, yep. he's zigging when they're zagging type of thing. So we'll see, we'll see what he does towards the end of the season. And T. Higgins has benefit, been benefiting from this uh, greatly right. as well, some big-time plays there. So it's on the clock at 1-5. And to me, there's, there's still some dynamic receivers here. And – I was really looking at Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown. I was like, these are two guys that I would love to have. And then I was like, you know, again, it comes back to this is such a strong rookie, like young class of receivers. But when it comes to running back, these top-tier running backs, like they always do, starts to get pretty thin pretty fast. So I took DeAndre Swift. You know, going into his injury week 11, he was running back five overall in PPR leagues. And, and another thing here is was when Jamal Williams went down, something that Swift hasn't really had the opportunity to do this year was dominate in between the tackles, or I wouldn't say dominate, just get the opportunity to run between the tackles. And when he did, he looked fantastic, you know, with the, you know flashing with his flashing on the outside, um, dominating the, in a short game, in a flat, in a receiving game. And the fact that he's such a dynamic player in that receiving game he just brings a different aspect to the fantasy football level. They can they can give you running back one numbers every single week, and not and I don't have to overly worry about him getting all the touches out of the backfield. And being on the Detroit Lions, a team that probably for the well, if you go back to their history forever, but probably mm-hmm. over the next couple of years are going to be playing from behind from a negative game script, and he's gonna he's gonna benefit from the short dump off passes. So to me. DeAndre Swift is just one of those special young running backs <laughs> that I'd rather grab here now and figure out what receivers I'm going to put around him later because there's so many good ones left that I'd be able to wait another round and still get a guy that I love. Not like love to put around him. Where Once I get past DeAndre Swift, now we're trying to look guys like – and guys I like, you know, guys like Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire – you know, we start getting to that realm of players, and to me, it's just a different tier. You know what I mean? Where the tier difference between DeAndre Swift and Antonio Gibson is much greater than Debo Samuel and, say, Deontay Johnson. You know what I mean? So sure. that's the way I went. I went DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love the pick uh, for all the reasons you just said. He he is one of these guys that he's going to be involved in the passing game. They're starting to get him involved a little bit between the tackles, and he's showing he can do it. So, I, I do I do like his potential upside. They want to be tough. They want to run the ball there as well and play defense. I feel like that's kind of that that's the way the head coach wants to kind of steer the team. So it's he's going to have a guaranteed workload for a long time. And like you said, even if they do get in these negative game scripts, he's 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 shown that he's more than capable in the passing game it's actually something he's very good at so um he he's a, he's one of these guys that he's young and he's as long as he stays healthy you know he's been nicked here and there just little little things for the most part as long as he can stay healthy the sky's the limit he's i don't want to call him an alvin kamara type because i don't think he's quite that involved in the passing game but he can do a lot of the same things as a kamara type of back can do 
I, I mentioned earlier how Jonathan Taylor is in his own tier, and Swift's kind of his in his own tier for me as well. It's it's Taylor's got his own, Swift's got his own, and then we got a big chunk of players that we can discuss and talk about and move around. But those two for you know for the foreseeable future for me are probably not moving uh, unless there's a significant injury or somebody just absolutely skyrockets up up the board. So it's I think this was a good spot to take him because there's a lot more question marks after you get past these two players. All right, on to my pick. Uh, speaking of question marks, um, I went uh, with one six. I mean, it's not like a huge question mark, but I went with A.J. Brown. Like you had already mentioned, Garrett, dynamic player. Um, you know, when he when he does when he's in the game and healthy, he he's he's a big play down the field type of guy. He can run with the ball after the catch and make make big things happen on short dump offs. He's really he's the bona fide outside X receiver that every team wants. Um, and from a fantasy perspective, he produces at a, an elite level, um, wide receiver one type numbers. So there's nothing not to like about him, but it is the Knicks and the bruises and, and he plays a very physical brand of football and it lends itself to, to having these type of, you know, runs where he's out three or four games, probably every season. So that's the bummer, um, about AJ Brown, you know, when he's in there, he's producing at a wide receiver one level, but you got to kind of brace yourself to not have him for two or three games a year. So it, it's very, it's a very similar story. I feel like to, to Debo Samuel, who, you know, we were kind of going back and forth uh, a couple weeks ago on the podcast about, but from a, just from a, I guess from a physical standpoint and from um, a wide receiver standpoint, there's just a little bit more juice in a, in a player like AJ Brown for me. So that's why I pick him over a guy like Debo Samuel with a very similar, I guess, injury profile. Yeah. I mean, this is, to me, this is the right pick. You know what I mean? For your dynasty team, this is the right pick. And I, I just, here's the thing. I'm going to give A.J. Brown this year because, there, I mean, there's plenty of players that have had a, you know, a rough start to their career. Keen Allen had a rough start to his career with injuries. If you go back to Andre Johnson, Andre Johnson was the same way, banged up for those first two years in Houston um, for going there. So th- we've seen this before, and then it plays out pretty damn well yep. in the long run. So I'm going to give A.J. Brown the den- benefit of the doubt for all the reasons you said, Matt, that big, typical X receiver on the outside. And I, but you know, here's the thing: that these next two guys, they are risk factors, right? Because of the injury. Because if this happens next year, like I would just be out completely on AJ Brown. Because I'll tell you, there's a player here. And now I didn't even take him next, my next player. But there was a player that I thought about taking over a guy. I even had him ranked. I, have, I still have a rookie receiver ranked ahead of him. But like a guy like Jalen Waddle, right? Like a guy that's coming in here, who who's so dynamic. And so clearly the number one option there in Miami already paired up with Tua. Like, mm-hmm. that's a player that's probably going to give you wide receiver one numbers for sure for the next six, seven years as well. I mean, he's – Joe Waddle is a player that I liked a ton when we were bringing down our rookie prospects. I had him as my number three easily for a while there. And now what I've seen early – like, anytime I see these rookies just break out this early, it's such a, it's such a sign of long-term success. So – A.J. Brown is the right pick, but there's some, man, there is, for one guy who was considered at one point going in this year, arguably people thought he was going to be the wide receiver one overall in fantasy and had a chance to potentially bounce himself to be the 1-1 in a dynasty startup. Again, he's got some young guys at his heels now because 
I mean, when now we say A.J. Brown going into this year is a no-brainer. A.J. Brown, tier one, round one, level startup player. But now you got guys like, not even older guys, young guys, Debo Samuel, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Terry McLaurin, Elijah Moore. Like, you could throw Deontay Johnson in there and Michael Pittman. They're nipping at A.J. Brown's heels because there's a lot of uncertainty there right in Tennessee. You know, Ryan Tannehill is kind of take a step back from the play action. Now they've dealt with a lot of injuries, so the team's going to look good, completely different next year. But I am starting to get a little bit more – I mentioned this earlier in the year. I'm starting to get a little bit more nervous about A.J. Brown and his injury history. Well, you mentioned a player you're nervous about. Uh, my my next pick is a, a guy that I'm a little nervous about too. But at some point, you just got to take risks on players and, and take risks on their talent level. And and that's where I was at with Debo. I mentioned earlier it was down to AJ Brown, Debo, and, and, and Jamar Chase. And Debo's still on the board here, so I, I I did nab him. But I would be lying if I said I wasn't concerned about some of the same things we're mentioning about AJ Brown. Debo's missed a, quite a bit of time. Uh, he's missed time basically every single season. He was doing great this year and. Now he's he's missing a couple of weeks again, and it's not a it's not a major injury, it's not a super significant injury, but it is holding him out. But despite that, despite missing some time, he's still number four overall this year in PPR points, and on a per game basis, he's number two overall. So he's when he's been on the field, he's just been absolutely electric, and he's doing it in ways that are not conventional. You know, we're talking about somebody that's not making these big long down the field plays. It's a lot of stuff that's underneath and then he's making plays with yards after the catch we're talking about a team that's not this high octane high passing volume offense but he's still making it happen so when somebody can be that efficient with lower touches and uh, limited touches it, it's just truly special what type of player and what type of athlete he is if he misses two or three games a year i can live with that that's not the end of the world almost any player is going to miss a game or two every season when it gets to the point where he's starting to miss half the season or long-term IR that's that's what I'm concerned about so there's definitely a layer of risk with taking Debo here but the talent is just too good for me to pass up at this point oh I agree 100% I mean this is a guy you can't pass up here like we thought we said before you could start mentioning him with AJ Brown easily because you mentioned it Gary he didn't play last week still wide receiver four and a bye week he's had. So it's two weeks he's missed, still wide receiver four. So there goes your two games. Uh, going into week 12, he is wide receiver two overall. <coughs> and when you talk about Debo Samuel and his rank set and where he goes in a dynasty startup or where you have him overall valued, this is a player that's going to get re-signed to a long-term deal. He's he's the best weapon San Francisco has. Yep. And the way you got to look at it is, there's a reason that Christian McCaffrey was the 1-1 for so long. There's a reason that Austin Eckler dominates at his position because they're dual purpose. You know what I mean? You get that pass catcher running back who also gets the carries between the tackles. They can become elite first-round startup players, right? Saquon Barkley, guys like that um, become so elite. What we don't see I – mean, we saw Cordero Patterson do it this year, but he just converted to running back. He didn't. He's not both – we don't ever see a receiver that gives you both both of those outlooks. You know, those he's going to get five to six carries out of the backfield. And not only is he going to get five to six carries out of the backfield, he's going to look pretty damn good doing it. And on top of that, those five or six carries, probably about two of those are going to come in the red zone. As I say, they're all high quality. They, they At least they seem to be. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. 
this is a player we loved coming out. We gave him a first round grade his rookie year because the big thing we said about Debo is when he gets it's funny how it's all come back in full circle too. It's like when this is a player, you get him in the ball in his hands, he becomes a running back. Yep. And when we hammer that about how the way he played, and over here he is looking like a running back. And to me, Garrett, at one seven behind I got when I said AJ Brown, it's getting close here, and I said that was the right pick. Man, it's kind of hard to pass up a guy like Debo Samuel who Again, on a points-per-game basis, they're going to be pretty close. When somebody's yeah. giving you 23 points per game, I mean, that's elite tier one first-round startup kind of player on a week-in, week-out basis. And that's where Debo is. And, I mean, any team that has him is lucky to have him. And he's going to be tied to – the only thing – here's the thing. Like, how is it going to change when Trey Lance is the quarterback? That's that's the only question mark with Debo at this point, besides staying healthy. You know sure. what I mean? It's like – does that change at all when Trey Lance becomes quarterback? I sure hope not. I don't think it'll change too terribly much. We're, we're talking about a quarterback that's a good athlete, so maybe there's a couple red zone runs that he doesn't get, maybe. But I think that would be the only thing. We're not talking about moving from a you know this incredible quarterback to a dud. We're, we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's fine. He's a game manager. Uh, so I don't I don't think it's going to change too drastically. I'm with you there. I don't see Samuel's role changing all that much with the change in quarterback, unless he's just horrible. You know what I mean? Like they could move sure. on, you know, from Jimmy G, and and all of a sudden this this lower division guy just can't get it done. Um, that, that I mean, obviously that would affect anyone's value. Um, <coughs> but you know, as long as as long as he pans out, I don't see Debo Samuel's um, his value tanking uh, when when they move quarterbacks. Do you think there's a case for Debo Samuel to be a first round dynasty startup player? I think we, yeah, well, in one QB, I, I think yeah. it's very close. One QB, yeah. We're we're looking at. I mean, I would still assume Tyree Kill is going to be in this mix, but I don't know that there's any other receivers outside of these players that'll be in the first round. I think Devontae Adams is probably too old at this point. Diggs um, is Diggs still up there maybe. for you guys? He he would be a fringe one. I I probably would. I don't know how everyone else feels about him. Uh, you know, Hopkins is too old at this point. He's he's round two or maybe even round three uh, for some people. So there, there's not a ton of other receivers. And then when we look at running backs, Christian McCaffrey's probably in this group. Uh, you can make arguments for like Mixon or Eckler, but I, I think people are going to be nervous about taking some of these older running backs. At this point, maybe Barkley, but he hasn't, even when he's been back, he hasn't looked amazing. Uh, and that was something we worried about with how bad his offensive line is. So at this point, I, I do think he's probably right around that turn there. Okay. I'm back at the clock here at 1 8. And again, a real tough situation. I almost went <clears throat> Jalen Waddle here. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I'd still probably take Devontae Smith over Jalen Waddle, even though that's, that's getting very close for me. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go third running back in a row here because the, the pickings are getting Team running back. Look at this guy. And I, got, I took Najee. I don't need to go in-depth about it because I've, I've beaten this horse a ton. We've kind of talked about Javante Williams and Najee Harris back and forth. And the tough part, will I will say, is watching Javante play this past week. Um, I mean, he looks so unbelievable. You know, in a, in a pass-catching game in between the tackles – and to me, it just came back down to, again, like, I'm going to take the guy that I know is getting all the carries all day, 
every day, who's viable in a passing game, and who they're probably going to build this team around after Ben Roethlisberger leagues if if they can't find a suitable quarterback. So I took Najee Harris, running back, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I think this I think this pick is totally justified at this point. Um, like like we'd mentioned, there's we're flush with with wide receivers coming out this past three years. So to be able to gobble up a guy that's I mean, at one point he was he was ahead like ninety eight percent of the the snaps or something at running back. I know that was earlier in the season, but you mentioned he's he's got he's got a ironclad. He's he's locked in as the workhorse there for the Steelers, and they want to run the ball, and that's that's exactly what you're looking for if you're going to have a guy that's you know a volume type of back, which I, which I feel like Najee Harris is. Um, he's he's a volume back, but he's also capable in the passing game. So he really does bring uh, a nice skill set from a fantasy standpoint, and and they love him there in Pittsburgh. So right now, is, I think is a good good spot to take him. He's running back five overall in PPR leagues. So yeah. it's like you're not again. It's not like I'm picking. You know, I'm here. Here we are. I pick one eight of just the first three year players, and I'm going to run back five overall. I mean, that's elite tier kind of player there. So yeah, that's where I went. Yeah, I I have no issue with that one either. I I think he's – the volume is just so safe. Uh, Specifically, the rushing volume is just so safe that you can can bank – even if things go terribly wrong, even if they go worst-case scenario – you're still looking at a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, and that's that's if things go really bad. And anytime you can have that type of safety net for the next three seasons, four seasons, you have to feel pretty good about that. So as much as I'm not the biggest Najee supporter, if it got to me, I wouldn't let him get out of the first round of this. So I think I think this is a justifiable pick. Awesome. Um, all right, so I was on the clock next at 1-9. And I ended up going with Devontae Smith from um, Philadelphia. Um, the, the rookie obviously hasn't had, I think, the start uh, of his career that everyone had hoped or, or that I had hoped. But he's flashed and shown the the amazing ability to separate that he always did in college. He, he's you know a great catcher of the football as well. So I think it's just a matter of time with a guy like Devontae Smith, and I'm and I'm willing to take a guy where I see the upside. Maybe we haven't seen it on a week-in and week-out basis on the NFL level yet. But I think with better quarterback play and kind of the evolution of this offense a little bit, he he has he has emerged as the best wide receiver threat easily on the team. And it's just a matter of time before he kind of develops into that, that guy. I think he'll end up being a low-end wide receiver one. Um, that's kind of where I see him. But he, I, I bet you there's years where he – he gets higher than that. I think. I think that's kind of where he settles, and, and and lives most of the time. And at this point in the draft, at at nine, you know, in this three year window that we're working with here, I think that's great value, and, and get a really high upside player. Yeah, and for the reasons you said, Matt, it was where I still have him a hair over Jalen Waddle. And the only thing I'm nervous about all this guys is like, are we all just kind of like under? Appreciating like what Jalen Waddle is already doing through the first 13 weeks of the season. Sure. I mean, look where we took Jamar Chase, right? How high he went and how where he was in overall dynasty ranks. No, who has more fancy points in the season? Now, again, it's very slim. It's only one, it's not even, it's 0.5 more points, but he's got 0.5 more points than Jamar Chase on a year. Jalen Waddle is currently wide receiver 10 overall, 10 overall in PPR leagues. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yep. Um, I still, I'm still with Matt though. Like I love the upside of the player 
in Devontae Smith. He's just so smooth. His route running is so good. He's just always going to be consistently getting open. So, like like Matt said, as this as this offense evolves, like he's got the skill set to be there. It's just make sure you get him the ball. Um, and you know, there, there's a nugget that came out a couple of weeks ago in that last drive when they were driving. And he's like, "I want like throw me the ball this drive." And they didn't even look his way. And he was pissed. Yeah, he was mad. He was, he was mad. Yep. And and I love that. I love that. As here he is, you know, this is like week ten, week eleven of the season. He's going, "Hey, put the ball in my hands. We're going to win this game." They don't, but hopefully it's a lesson learned. You know what I mean? Like, don't throw to Jalen Rager twice and let the ball go through his hands. Give it to Devontae Smith, who we know are going to catch the football. Right. I'm shaking my head for the people on the podcast. Yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> it's, so we're splitting hairs again, but, like, not only do it – I'm I'm we'll, we'll wait a minute here, and I'll, I'll say it in a minute here because I like to pick, too, here of Devontae, Devontae Smith. But Garrett was up next, and he took a player again that's – might be undervalued here. <laughs> yeah, I I thought for sure Matt was going to take this guy. I thought for sure Javante Williams was going to be gone here at pick, uh, what am I at, 10? Uh, <clears throat> and I don't know he wasn't. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, Garrett, but you and I are both really big Javante Williams fans. Right. But I have a tendency to just let you talk about him because I know you like him just like a hair more than me. And, <laughs> and you get so animated and excited. I do. So I was just like, I'm going to let him have it. I'm going to let him. I'm going to go Devontae Smith. I think they're close enough players. I'm just going to let Garrett have his moment. Look so go you. ahead. Have your moment. You're so sweet. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> no, this – this past week was, you know, as much as you love a player, um, and, and there have been very few players I've loved as much as I've loved Javante Williams, but when you really love a player and, you know, you 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 watch them go out there and, and dominate the way that he has most of the season, but not get as much run as you think you should, he should, you start to question, you're like, is, is everyone else seeing what I'm seeing or am I being biased because I'm, I'm such a big fan of this player? Like... You know, all the metrics line up and say that he should be really good, but I don't. Why isn't he getting more touches? I don't know. And then he gets this opportunity in prime time mm. to be able to go out and just be the guy. And <clears throat> in a situation where that entire offense looked terrible, like Teddy Bridgewater couldn't do anything, there was almost no passing game whatsoever. They knew that they were going to continue Wait. to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Cortland Sutton, I'm still looking for where, him. Where, where, where'd where'd he go? Oh, where'd yeah. he go? There you go. Um, and they just still couldn't stop him. I mean, every single play you're seeing him break, you know, it's a looks like a two-yard run. Oh, he split two defenders and then fell forward for another three yards, and now it's a seven-yard gain, you know. And there, you just see that over and over. He looked very viable in the passing game as well. I get the people on Twitter right now because – there are people saying, is Javante Williams overhyped? Is his value just unsustainably high? And honestly, it probably is. Like, it's ridiculously high right now. I, As much as I love Javante, I don't even know that I could pay the price it would cost to go buy him today because it just isn't worth it for running backs. But that being said, the ceiling is the roof. Like, this is Jonathan Taylor. <clears throat> Absolutely. If he gets that full workload... And heaven forbid they get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or somebody there in the offseason. I mean, the ceiling 
truly is the roof. So to get him at 10, I was really excited. And Matt, thank you for giving me that opportunity to no talk problem. about my, my boyfriend. Yep. Yeah, Jonathan. it kind of reminds me of the old running back, Michael Turner, when he was behind LaDainian Tomlinson. Sure. And we were just itching for him to get opportunity. And I, I'm, I don't know if I'm speaking at school. Like I believe Michael Turner rewarded us with one year as wide receiver one or running back one overall. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But he had two or three really good seasons there right. for Atlanta. Yeah. You might be right. He might have been one or close. One to overall. It. I think he had one year. Like, but like, and I know it was short lived. <laughs> but he was also stuck behind Ladainian Thompson for four years. Where right. Devontae is only going to be stuck behind Melvin Gordon for one year. Not even stuck, but sharing time with him for one year. And you know, even this game here, again, they couldn't get anything going in the passing game. It's his first start, primetime TV, so he's probably pretty jacked up as well. Um, I want to see how it plays out. But, again, this is a guy who has Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook type, Austin Eckler type, like ceiling. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. elite tier one ceiling where this could be tremendous value. Um, I was thoroughly impressed with Javante Williams. And, yes, I would take him over Travis Etienne today. Um that's, that's a pretty safe bet. So <laughs> I'm on the clock here at 111. Again, I'm taking Jalen Waddle. I've mentioned him multiple times on this podcast because I just – it's just a, one of those players where an overpaid today is an underpaid tomorrow. Like I'm getting those vibes where when I told everybody to go buy Devontae Adams before Devontae Adams was like that elite tier one guy. That's that's kind of how – that's where I'm getting. It's like, man, like every – let me put it this way. Every receiver that I took over, that not okay, I didn't take any receivers. That's my first receiver. Every receiver that you guys chose over Jalen <laughs> Waddle, I felt a little dirty about, and I felt a little disrespected for Jalen Waddle. Not saying that's the wrong pick, you know what I mean? But it's like I can look back, I can look ahead. I'm sorry, five years from now, and going Waddle was the pick over Chase, even you know what I mean? Like Waddle's right. the guy here that should have went because. I, and here's the thing. I think, you know, Javante Williams, you mentioned, his price has gone through the roof. Like, it's not worth – that juice isn't worth the squeeze. I wonder, not in every league, but I wonder if there's some leagues where you could still have, get Jalen Waddle. Now, will it be cheap? Oh, no, it won't be. You're going to pay up a pretty penny. But you know what? When you pay up a pretty penny, that's the only reason we got jobs, so we can make more pennies. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> – Go out there and pay the price for a guy like Jalen Waddle. I'm telling you, man, like, there's a lot of guys on this list I'd pay a high price for. But I'm paying two first plus for Jalen Waddle. You know what I mean? And I feel comfortable doing it. Like, I like Devontae Smith a lot, and I would take him ahead of Jalen Waddle. This is crazy to say, right? Like, I, I, but I would, I feel more comfortable with the situation Waddle in is what he's shown me where I'd pay a little bit more for Waddle. Does that make? Does that stupid? Does that sound stupid? Uh, no, because I mean, I think as the weeks go on, I like his quarterback situation there more and more um, than you know, like you know, Devonte Devonte um, Devonte Smith. Who know? I mean, Gardner Minshew came in and looked, I thought, pretty good behind that behind that line in that same offense. And Jalen Hurts, you know, who knows? Um, I feel like we he's come a long way, but. Tua, I feel like, is really starting to click there. And that's where I feel like, who knows, man, Jalen Waddle in a couple of years might might be the better asset um, to have on your dynasty team just, be, just because of that, because he's in a better offense with a better quarterback that gets him the ball quickly and lets him do his thing. Um, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's crazy, Rich. All right, Matt, give us your 112. Um, 
I can't believe we're already fifty, almost fifty minutes through the show. I know it is. All these players are just so fun to talk about, <laughs> and we have a whole other tier to do. So we're gonna have to. I unfortunately we're gonna have to kind of rush through the second round. Yeah. Um, here we can't be as elaborate. We still got a read to do here. Uh, Matt, give us your pick at one twelve. Then we'll recap the first round and uh, All right, start so, round two. So one twelve. I couldn't get out of this thing without at least picking one tight end. So I want Kyle Pitts, obviously. This is the guy that profiles as the wide receiver in a tight ends body type of guy that, you know, all of us hope and pray that he turns into a Travis Kelsey guy. He's already showing pretty well. He's already above. He's right around ten and a half points a game right now. And he just he hasn't even approached his ceiling athletically. I mean, he's still getting used to the NFL game. You know, it takes tight ends three years. And here he is. He's already a tight end one getting you over 10 and a half points a game so i just felt like kyle pitts you know three years from now this might be one of the steals of this first round to be honest yeah overall i mean you mentioned matt tight ends take three years to usually develop really good tight ends you get second year production out of like which i expect uh kyle pitts to do you said it a lot of people are saying hey he's kind of having a disappointing year but you're talking about tight end number nine overall and a 12 point overall differential between me and tight end four overall he's literally one catch, like one catch in 50 one yards touchdown catch, for a touchdown yeah. from being wired tight end four overall. So I love the pick. Um, and there's no, that's definitely not a wrong answer. To recap the first round, it went Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, DeAndre Swift, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Javante Williams, Jalen Waddell, and Kyle Pitts. If you haven't heard, what are your favorite top three or one of your favorite players from the first three years of the draft? Don't worry, we have a whole other 12 players to get here. But before we do, I got to tell you guys a little something about my friends and my bookie. It's not every day that you can double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to the double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag, and use our promo code NERDS, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. We have a Sunday Night Football Classic rivalry matchup when the Packers take on the Bears. Will Aaron Rodgers come out blazing? Probably. The Packers will surely cover the spread in this one, so set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using that promo code NERDS at MyBookie. That's promo code NERDS to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. All right, and I'm going to talk about our friends over at PredictionStrike.com. Do you ever wish you would have had a share in maybe Jalen Waddle? Maybe Javante Williams. Javante Williams, perhaps. <laughs> maybe maybe Jonathan Taylor. A couple, you know, early on in the season. If you wish you could have done that, you can still do that for some of these young rookies or guys that you think are going to break out over at PredictionStrike.com. You get to treat these players just like their stocks. You can buy, sell, hold different players. Best of all, they have the website and the app for iOS and you can get a free share of any player with your first deposit using promo code DYNASTY. That's right, you can receive a free share of any player you want with your first deposit of $20 or more over at predictionstrike.com. Just use promo code DYNASTY. Nice, now, like we said, we're at 55 minutes almost here. We gotta kinda power through the second round, so a little quick takes here. Uh, Garrett, you're up first, 2-1, where are you going? 
Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on it at the end, but you could make a fantastic team out of players that we're not even going to get to in the second round. So it's, it's absolutely wild who you can still get in the second round and even after the second round. But I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin here. I had a hard time deciding between there's some young running backs or still some very good receivers, but I think Terry McLaurin has already proved that he can be this alpha wide receiver, regardless of the quarterback situation. Uh, He's such a burner. And if they do figure out who their guy is, I mean, he could, he could absolutely ascend. I really like Terry McLaurin a lot and I'm happy to get him in the second round. Yeah, that's a, that's okay. a really nice I'm pick, a, yep. All right. I'll have a 2-1, or 2-2, two, 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 and two. I really want to go Eli- I want to go Elijah Moore here. I did, because I love him so much. And everything I saw on tape that got me so excited about him, he's now starting to actually produce in the NFL. But here I went again with another running back. I took J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> and, and the reason team is... Team running back, is, look at this guy. Listen, he's on the Baltimore Ravens. It's a run-first team, right? And they're still desperate for that elite running back. And I made the mistake of, you know, letting some slip slip by me, like with DeAndre Swift, right? Where the tape was there, and I let either draft status or situation let other players sneak ahead of him. Well, going back to J.K. Dobbins' tape, the talent's there. This is a running back prospect that I absolutely love. Is he going to play this year when he's supposed to be the featured guy because of the ACL tear? But he tore it so early, he's going to be 100% healthy for the start of next season. ACL tears have come leaps and bounds from back when, like, you know, somebody saw he's been hot news lately, like Kajana Carter. So, to me, as much as I love Elijah, Elijah Moore, much as I love Michael Pittman Jr., as much as I like DK Metcalf, well, as much as I can handle DK Metcalf, um, <laughs> After J.K. Dobbins, to me, there's another drop-off at the running back position, right? Like, significant. If his tape translates to what I think it will at the NFL level, and there's no point of going through eight months of scouting and breaking down players and studying them if you can't live by what you believe, right? And I feel comfortable enough over these last eight years of breaking down rookies of you know, besides telling people to draft Clyde Edwards Lair over Jonathan Taylor, besides that, uh, I feel pretty damn good about what I see, what my eyes see on tape and where I end up overall on these players. And even a couple guys like, you know, Ramondre Stevenson this year is a guy who I kind of like that's, you know, mm-hmm. showing out pretty well. Yep. So I'm sticking with the tape. I'm taking J.K. Dobbins. I think he'll dominate the touches next year. I think still what, they, they still have to ease up on Lamar Jackson. Every single, here's the thing. Every single year that Lamar Jackson's in the league, Every year, a little bit longer, they're going to have to ease up a little bit more in that running uh, uh, the football of him. So it all bodes very well for J.K. Dobbins. So I went J.K. Dobbins. Matt, you are on the clock. All right, I'm on the clock at 2.03. I also really wanted to take Elijah Moore, and then I didn't. Um, <laughs> I, ended up going, I ended up going with T.K. Metcalf. I just, I just saw the name on the board, and it was – I felt like I couldn't believe he wasn't taken already. So I took him. Um, <laughs> does that make sense? I mean, I think I, it does. I think none of us are like huge DK Metcalf. Um, like I don't. I, truthers. Truthers. Yeah, I think that's the word. Because I am a fan. I think he, I think he's a, a good player. I think he's a, a a great fantasy asset to have on your team. I'm just I. Uh, I just he's not. It's not going well right now for him. So obviously that's recency biased, which may have taken him down this far. Um, so he's got a lead upside. I just don't know exactly who his quarterback's going to be next year. And I, I do feel like he was a player that 
him and Russell Wilson fit together really well. I'm just not sure if if Russell leaves, if whoever else is quarterback is going to fit really well there with DK Metcalf. So as much as I kind of uh, I picked him, I kind of don't want to pick him, but I, I did. So DK Metcalf right here, 2.03. I don't love the pick. I probably, if I had to do it again, would have picked Elijah Moore, but I didn't. I would I would take Elijah Moore over as well too, man. And I think and I think Matt, I think you hit the nail on the head there because with DK Metcalf, you we you gave him we, he, in the long run. We talked a lot of smack on DK Metcalf, his you know breaking him down as a rookie. But in the end, he found himself at the back end of the first round of, of the overall rankings right. at like one twelve. Well, and then when when he came to the NFL, he started doing really well. We said, wow, the one thing we didn't really like we underestimated was how good Russell Wilson's game and him match up. And you mentioned that, Matt, just right now. Right. And that's the biggest concern. Russell Wilson most likely will not be back in Seattle next year. That's where all the arrows are pointing. So, like you said, if he leaves, they have they already have Tyler Lockett on long-term contract there. What does that do for DK? DK Metcalf? Can he overcome? Sure, possibly. But it's a red flag where I'd rather just say, hey, give me Elijah Moore. So... You're on the clock, Garrett. Who'd you go with? Well, I actually did take Elijah Moore. All you guys, him on over here. <laughs> what a pick! Uh, <laughs> best deal, best bargain of the whole draft. I, I would have taken him. At, I would have taken him at least one pick earlier. Fantastic. <laughs> at least one. Uh, <laughs> no, I was torn because uh, there's a player that I took with my next pick that I was actually going to take here because I, I think it's he's an incredible value at that point. But it was a little bit of gamesmanship because I was like, there's no freaking way Elijah Moore makes it to me my next pick. This next guy, they don't love, so maybe I got a shot at it. Uh, but Elijah Moore, he looks so good. I mean, he's been scoring touchdowns like crazy, and I know that's not necessarily sustainable. But he's been getting in the end zone. Him and Zach Wilson look like they're finally starting uh, to figure each other out a little bit, which is super, super exciting. He's such a freaking good route runner. He's so smooth with the ball in his hands. And I just don't see a scenario that he's not a top 16 receiver for the next eight years. I, I mean, it's just, it, it looks pretty foolproof right now. He's he's so talented. I was I was excited to get him. Yeah, I love the pick, Garrett, because to me, when I'm looking here, there's what's left. Like, a lot of good players left, right? Like, really good players. Yeah. There's only three, in my eyes, top-tier players left. And that was Elijah Moore, Michael Pittman Jr., and Deontay Johnson. And... Yeah. I was looking at those guys, and I was like, who do I want to go with? And I ended up taking Michael Pittman Jr. here next over Deontay Johnson. And it was really close. And you could make an argument Deontay Johnson should have gone much higher Mm -hmm. than even where he's about to go. First round. There'd be no argument if he went, like, 112, right? There's no argument there if you took Deontay Johnson over Kyle Pitts. I'm not saying – I'm like, okay, good pick. But – you know, with the uncertainty of Big Ben, where they're going there, do they switch this offense to a run-first offense with Najee? He still has Chase Claypool there. Pat Fryermuth will develop a little bit more, too. So, to me, I went Michael Pittman Jr. because he has a more clear path with the quarterback at Carson Wentz. And there, he's got no competition. And do I expect him to add a receiver this offseason, whether it be through the draft or free agency? 100%. But right now, there's one person to throw the football to. And that's Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, they got Zach Pascal. Yeah, they got T.Y. Hilton. But for 2022, it's going to be the Michael Pittman Jr. show. And he's already balling out with elite fancy numbers here. And listen, Deontay Johnson, top tier. 
little bit more of a question mark about where it's going, but Michael Bayman Jr. is wide receiver 14 overall. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 7 overall currently, which is twice as good. <laughs> split Splitting hairs. I don't need anybody tweeting me like, I can't believe you didn't take Deontay Johnson. Splitting hairs. I just slightly prefer Michael Bayman Jr. by a micropube. Hair, hair, hair. <laughs> All right. So I'm up at two, uh, two point oh six, and I finally did it. I finally, I finally drafted myself a running back. I went Clyde. Hey, there you go. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, no way I'm taking Clyde <laughs> Edwards-Alaire over Deontay Johnson. Terrible pick. And here's the deal. I also had uh, Deontay Johnson. We were talking about this um, before the show, and he was the guy that I was kind of going back and forth with with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, where. You know, Edwards Alaire, I think, has room to grow and I think become a bigger piece of the passing game uh, there in Kansas City moving forward because there's a lot of meat still on that bone. Um, Saw a piece of it this week. Yeah, we'll tip it. just we'll a tip little it. bit. But Deontay Johnson, I'm, I'm just slightly concerned. I love him as a player and I wanted to take him here, but with Big Ben's, you know, imminent departure from professional football, um, and definitely from the Pittsburgh Steelers after this year, I'm just not exactly sure who's going to be throwing uh, Deontay Johnson the ball next year and, and whether or not it's going to be the same kind of offense that it is now, which which Deontay Johnson has excelled in and looked amazing, or if it's going to be a more run-centric offense that kind of features the running back and, and, a, and a, an emerging tight end, which both of those things kind of – lend themselves um, to having higher usage with, with a young quarterback, which is, I think, the direction that they're going to end up going there in Pittsburgh. So I just – I wasn't – you know, this wasn't like, hey, I need Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think he's a good running back, and I think he can do better than he has, which, which I mean, he's not doing terrible. Everyone thinks Clyde Edwards-Alaire is doing terrible. He's still averaging, you know, double-digit points per game. He's missed some time. He's had a couple of, of really clunker games in there. But if you're getting 12 to 15 points from a guy on a regular basis in, at your running back one or running back two, you feel pretty good about it. And at this point in the draft, I feel pretty good about getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Just Deontay Johnson was kind of in the back of my mind, but I couldn't take him just for the reasons I already said with Big Ben's uncertainty. Yeah, I feel like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is about to become the new Melvin Gordon, like the best value, you know, like right. Just consistently one of those real, he'll get traded a lot in leagues. Everybody's always going to be out on him. It's always going to be the year like, oh, this is it. He's nothing. But every year it gives you really good numbers. Yeah. <laughs> year in and year out, you're like, oh, on a per game basis, he's only averaging three point seven yards per carry. Yeah, but was he a running back one? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Sweet. Have a good, have a good year. I'm gonna go sign up my ship. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I feel about Clyde Edwards and Lair, but I still would have taken Deontay Johnson ahead of him. Garrett, you're at a clock. Well, all this Deontay Johnson talk, once again, I was the guy that actually did take him. Uh, I took him. What a deal! What a bargain. I get him all the way back at 207. Uh, I'm not as concerned about the quarterback situation because I don't think it's going to get that much worse. Uh, ben Ben looks like a shell of himself. He does not look like the same guy that we saw three, four years ago uh, before the elbow injury and all those things. So, I don't think it's going to get that much worse for Deontay Johnson, so I'm not going to worry about it. Right now on a per-game basis, I mean, he's averaging 18.6 points per game. That's sixth best uh, overall on a points-per-game basis. That's better than Chris Godwin, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen. Uh, you know, it, it's it's incredible how well he's been playing. So Pretty okay. I, I'm still going... What's that? Is it Richie okay? He's making noises. Those numbers, those numbers are so good. <laughs> All right, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, Garrett. No, you're good. I, I, I just 
I'm not the biggest Deontay Johnson fan per se. I don't have a ton of shares, but he's somebody that just seems to get overlooked too often, and it just it just screamed value. Well, like falling to two seven. Yeah. <laughs> in a limited in a limited uh, pool. No, it's a great pick here. I'm gonna collect next year two eight, and this is a player that I was surprised is still on the board, and it kind of caught me off guard because you can argue you take this guy going all the way ahead of T.K. Metcalf, honestly. You could probably argue taking this guy ahead of J.K. Dobbins. You could take him ahead of Kyle Pitts. You could make an argument taking him ahead of Terry McLaurin. Uh, So I could put him all the way back up to like 111. That's Justin Herbert, right? First quarterback off the board. Justin Herbert already in his second year. It's his second year. Know where he is fantasy quarterback-wise? He's quarterback number two overall, just behind Tom Brady, right there. So... At a position that literally, whether it be Superflex, and this is one QB, but even in one QB, the players that score the most points are the quarterbacks on a week-in, week-out basis. And when you have an elite quarterback that's a top-five quarterback year in, year out, they can they can really lighten the load on your way to the playoffs, right? They're, they got the cure for chlamydia on the Oregon Trail. Like, they're ready to go. Oh no! Was it? What was it? Was on, uh, it wasn't dysentery. Dysentery. Back. Something. It Same definitely thing. wasn't chlamydia. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In one hole, out the other. You know what I mean? Dysentery. <laughs> um, so to me, Justin Herbert here. What kind of squirrels it, are you shooting, man? <laughs> oh, the fat ones, <laughs> the big nuts, so I could get hungry on the Oregon Trail. Uh, so to me, I mean, Deontay Johnson was great value, but if I'm going to number two overall quarterback this late, and it's so easy in one QB to overlook the quarterback, because if this was a super flex draft, he'd be the one one, mm-hmm. right? He'd be the one one in a super flex draft. So it would be really funny if we did this in a super flex. If we did a super flex where Trevor Lawrence would have gone, um, that'd have been an interesting uh, topic amongst these players. But Justin Herbert right here, number two overall fantasy quarterback on the year, entering week thirteen. I love it here. Screams value. I got all these running backs. I got I got one receiver in Jalen Waddle. He's the only receiver I need. And now I got Justin Herbert. Gobble 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 gobble. <laughs> Gobble, gobble. I'm gonna. Rich just shot a turkey, but he can only carry 90 pounds of meat. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. It's gonna spoil. It's gonna spoil. Um, I mean, good pick, man. Justin Justin Herbert is obviously a stud quarterback. Um, I'm gonna move on here and make my next pick here at 2.09. I'm going Jerry Judy. I honestly can't believe he's still sitting on the board. When I saw him up there, I was I was pretty surprised. Obviously, he hasn't had the start that we all had hoped, but he's flashed enough um, to to show me that he has the ability to to be the big play guy, and and it's evidence enough that you know obviously Court, Cortland Sutton's numbers have fallen off a cliff since Jerry Judy came back. They want to feature him in that offense, so he's going to be the centerpiece, I think, moving forward. They did they did obviously sign Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick to to extensions. Um, so they're keeping that whole kind of core together, and I think they're just trying to make it attractive for a quarterback in the offseason. Hey, these are all our weapons, highlighted, I think, by Jerry Judy as as the guy. So Jerry Judy, um, now to get him at 2-9, to get a team's wide receiver one of the future, I, I just think it's too, too easy. Um, it's kind of a layup here. No, I think that's a good pick. At 2-10, I took Antonio Gibson. Gibson started off the season pretty slow. Uh, there was, you know, the stuff with his shin going on. He had some fumbles. Things just weren't looking great. 
but he's really stepped it up the past few weeks. He's been involved more in the passing game. He's looked great between the tackles, and he's looking like the player that he did at the end of last season. So he still has yet to put together a full season, but we've seen two seasons now where he's had stretches of really, really great play. Uh, That's enough for me to take a chance on the upside of, of Antonio Gibson. They don't have a crazy amount invested in him. He was a third-round pick a couple years ago. They could absolutely move on at some point. But this isn't the draft that you're going to be getting tons of amazing running backs. I think he's better than anybody in this class this year, with the exception of maybe one player. And I doubt that they they think that that's a priority for them. There's a lot of other positions of, of need. So I think his job's pretty safe for at least the next two seasons. I'm, I'm going to take Antonio Gibson here. All right. Well, I thought I could start a trend when I took Justin Herbert. Obviously, I couldn't. So here at uh, you know my last pick of this draft, I'm taking Kyler Murray. Again, it just screams value, right? Right. Justin Herbert is the number two overall quarterback in fantasy football points. He's number three on points per game basis. Number one on points per game basis. Again, it's it's pretty marginal here, but it's Kyler Murray. He's quarterback 13 a year. He's only played nine games. But on points per game basis, he's averaging 23.95 points per game in PPR leagues uh, or in, as a quarterback. That's good for number one overall fantasy qu- quarterback on a per game basis. He, he's right ahead of uh, Tom Brady. The only people averaging 23 points or more are Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, and Kyler Murray on a points per game basis with Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts right on the outside there looking in. So to me, again, a, a, a player that can, can carry my team to the playoffs, and that's Kyler Murray. Great value this late. I'll find pieces later. Kyler Murray. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually grappling um, between – picking my next player and Josh Allen, but I ended up going in a different direction. So Josh Allen did not get chosen, but I went Josh Allen shouldn't have been in this class. Um, I saw that on the sheet. He was in Baker and Lamar and all them's class. You're you're right. Yeah. He shouldn't have been. He was never an option. So good thing. I didn't pick him because he he doesn't qualify. So (laughs) here I go. I'm going to go Travis Etienne. and you made the right pick. I made the, I made the the correct choice because you know, he qualifies at least, uh, <laughs> but just too much upside there. Um, obviously, Travis Etienne, we haven't seen him at all in the NFL, but from his college tape, he's a fantastic um, running back, great speed, can get to the outside, catches passes nicely as well. He was, he was a guy that started off his college career and was basically afraid of the football, um, but really came a long way by the end of his by the end of his time there in college. And at this point, I you know, there's not a lot of big play running backs left, so I, I'm just going to take my chances on, on ETN. Yeah, one of the most overall productive quarterback running backs in college football history. Go ahead, Garrett. Real quick, uh, before we finish up, I know we got to get out of here, but if you were to make a team just out of the players that didn't get picked, the players that are still left, here's what your team would look like. You ready for this? This is a super flex team, by the way. Starting quarterback, Joe Burrow. Your starting running backs, Josh Jacobs, Cam Akers. Your starting wide receivers, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Marquise Brown. Starting tight end, your choice between T.J. Hawkinson and Pat Fryermuth. At the flex positions, we'll start David Montgomery and Brandon Ayuk. And then you can have your choice of Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tungavailoa at your super flex quarterback. Those were the players that didn't even make the cut in our first two rounds. Yeah, Hawkinson's the one that you said that really like I, I was like, okay, we're when we started, like, where am I taking Hawkinson? And then I saw Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. I was like, 
Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Can't take them. Can it? And I think here's one thing about Hawkinson too is like on a team that he used only receiver essentially. I expected to see a little bit more out of him. Still really good. Dude, yeah. A really very good tight end, fan, uh, fantasy football tight end. But I was expecting to see, like, Travis Kelsey. Numbers, yeah, he just didn't have know, the like, year, I think, this year to support, I think, him getting taken this high. Because a lot of these other players, they have. Um, and, and we've seen enough that uh, and, that they, they warranted the picks. Which is, again, he's tight end three overall. So it's not, right. it's not, it's, but you know, on, on a points per game uh, point, you know, he's got 145 points. He's still, he, he's fallen into that, that grouping, right? Where he's got 145, Gasicki's got 137, Dalton Schultz got 136. I expected him to be in like that Mark, like Mark Andrews got 179, Travis Kelsey's got 189. That's where I kind of expected Hawkinson this year. But you're right, Garrett. Tons of good players we're going to talk about. It just shows you. How how lucky we are in Dynasty today to be saturated with not only youth but such good quality young players. If you got a Dynasty startup this offseason coming around the corner that you're going to get yourself into, well, not only will Dynasty nerds help you find a way to draft that great team, just go young, baby. Because a lot of times when you go young, it's like ah, I'm just going to wait a year or two. Not anymore. You go young right away. You're under the age of 25, and you got yourself a studly, studly dynasty team because you can win some ships with the players that we all mentioned today. So, what a squad. Blessed to have them. We'll be back next week. Good luck, everybody, this week as they make that final push for their dynasty fantasy football playoffs. This is it. This is the final week of the regular season for a majority of your teams. I wish you all the best. And we'll be back next week. Adios.